Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Man, I don't know. That just hit me strange. That's not what I'm preaching on today, but just uh, thinking that we were invited. We were called. God himself, our Father, our Maker, our Creator, invited us. He has invited each and every person to find freedom, to find hope, to find salvation uh, in him and given us the opportunity to choose how to respond and what the answer is uh, to that invitation. I'm so thankful he gave me the faith to believe and accept that, uh, that, that, that truth, that hope is in Jesus Christ. All right, so this morning... Um, we are continuing in uh, Galatians 5.22. Uh, last week, I preached for 40 minutes on three words. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Um, and uh, we're, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 gave us this kind of direction as we lead up to what we're talking about today. It says, So I say, this Paul writing to the church of Galatia, walk by the Spirit... And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is written to the believers at the, uh, the Church of Galatia that put their faith in Jesus Christ. And just a real quick recap, they've started, uh, they've started changing their mind. And there's been false teachers that have come to them and said, hey, you know what? It's not just in Jesus. You don't just have to believe in Jesus. You also have to follow all these Jewish traditions and rules and legalities to be saved. And, and so Paul, like, hears, gets word of this and loses his mind honestly and writes to them. as like, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? The only thing that matters is your faith in Jesus. And, and he gives us guidance around this. He says this is, not, uh, this is not a license to sin in your freedom from that bondage of all the rules and legalities and the, the religion. Uh, it's, not, it's not a license to just do whatever you want. But when you believe and when you give your life to Christ, there's something supernaturally that happens that you are born again. A spiritual new birth, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you. And this new creature that you are begins to bear new fruit. And you begin to gradually, remember last week, and, and certainly progress toward righteousness. Like you get in your heart, I want to be more and more like Jesus, this gratitude of what... He did. So that's what he's teaching them there. And so he makes out this list in, in, in 519 of all the bad things, right? The acts of the flesh, the things that we just, we just want to uh, naturally, our bodies want uh, to do. And they're, you know, they're just uh, so much fun. Um, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, wild parties. I mean, those are the things that come naturally. And he gives us the, the other in verse 22 that are the fruit of the Spirit. And I think it's unique that he doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. Last week we talked about a fruit basket. Uh, and, and this in essence, and I talked about our awesome apple orchard um, in our front yard. And this in essence is one spiritual tree. One thing that happens in your life is this new creation. And it comes with all nine of these things we're going to talk about over three weeks that begin to come out in your life. And so Paul tells them, like, don't just try to not be good. Don't, don't try to go to church. Don't just try to not 
you know, uh, be jealous of your neighbor's things. Don't try, don't just give it all you got. He says, follow the lead of the Spirit. And we talked about that, right? Following the lead of the Spirit. And the Spirit knows and is full of truth and is only righteous. And he'll guide our hearts in the right direction. So he, he begins, begins to tell us, if, if we've given our life to Christ, what will start to come out that will look different than it did before? In the life of a believer, how does it look different? And those are what we're calling the fruit of the Spirit. It's what Paul called the fruit of the Spirit. When we walk by the Spirit, this is what our life looks like. So if you look at these two lists, you're like, man, I'm way on the flesh side. The answer is not to, I need to try harder. It's a reflection of what your walk internally in your heart and who you're following in your heart and what that is like. So all you got to do is say, I'm not going to try hard. Like, man, I need to get to Jesus more. Like, I need to read more. I need to study more. I need to be with him more. And that's where fruit come from. That's how we walk in the Spirit. Last week, um, we talked about love, agape love. We talked about joy and we talked about peace. Man, it was a celebratory morning. What I like to know that you know, these are gifts that God has given us. Love, joy, and peace. And, and, and these are things that come only by the power of the Spirit. We, remember, we got into the Greek of these. And like these are deeper than just like, you know, I love, I love my brother. It's deeper than that. Um, and it's, it, it's unique in that these, these gifts of the, the Spirit, you ever wonder what God is like? What is he like? What are his traits? What are his characteristics? These, these gifts of the Spirit, this is what God is, or uh, the fruit of the Spirit. This is who God is. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. And this morning we move on uh, to the next three, and we're going to learn more about God. And therefore, since we are in Christ Jesus as believers... We're going to learn more about who we are becoming and what our life should look like. So we're going to take a stab at looking at these three, uh, patience, kindness, and goodness. Uh, and we're just going to look at them. We're going to understand the principles that are here. And we're going to say, how does that apply to my life? What do I do with it? So we'll take three, understand them. Then we'll take the three again and apply them. Verse 22 says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and here there is no conflict with Jewish laws. That's the two verses. We're going to be still sitting here on verse 22 uh, with uh, patience, kindness, and goodness. All right, let's talk uh, about um, patience. Oh, one other thing. Remember what I said? This is the zero list on Weight Watchers. This is the fruit, man. You can eat all these you want. The first list, like stay away from it, is all this stuff. You can have as much love, joy, peace as you want. That sounds really exciting to the first one today, which is patience. If you see the King James Version, you have the New King James Version, um, or different translations, you might see that written out as long-suffering. Woo! So I get saved. I got the Spirit I got love, joy, peace, suffering. Long, no, no, I want love, joy, peace, and no suffering. Uh, 
No, Paul says this gift of the Spirit is a, is a word uh, in the Greek that I can't pronounce, macrothumia. You don't have to worry about it. But we're going to go into context of it. We're going to see where else it is in the Bible. What does this look like? Patience. How many people are patient? Y'all patient? Who's impatient? Who's patient with your coworker and impatient with your spouse? Do you find that happen sometimes? Do you find that? I mean, that really happens. Like you will take a lot of stuff from the people you work with and, and other people and then uh, one thing with your spouse and you blow up like you're a time bomb. Right? That happens. No, it doesn't happen. It does happen. Uh, Paul is saying this, this idea of patience and long-suffering, let me give you some deeper words about it just so you can begin to kind of wrap your mind around it. It is bearing and suffering a long time. But here's the beautiful part of it. Here's the real gift of it. I mean, everybody gets that in the world. But it's the perseverance. It's the perseverance that the believer has that, that there's only this power from the Spirit uh, that, that only with the power of the Spirit you can do, you can persevere, you can be constant, you can be steadfast, you can endure. Another way to put it is this properly long passion. If you go look at the root words of this Greek word, which means it's, a, it's waiting sufficient time before expressing anger. This avoids the premature use of force that rises out of improper anger. We don't have this word, but if we did, uh, y'all know the word short-tempered. You either know somebody like that or you've been referred to as somebody like that. This would be a person who is long-tempered. Like, this is the gift of this. Like, you can just take it and take it and take it without breaking 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul wrote this, How true it is and how long that everyone should know it, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the greatest of them all. You know, Paul, the longer he got and mature he got in his Christian walk, at first he said, uh, uh, I was a sinner. Well, at first, before he got saved, he thought he was perfectly righteous, and then he's like, yeah, I was a sinner. And he's like, yeah, I'm a pretty bad sinner. And then by the time he's mature and God is, the Holy Spirit's just grown his life, he's like, I was the chief of them all. Like he realizes that we just become more and more aware of our brokenness and need for God. But it says, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as an example to show everyone, this is a beautiful part, this thing you should be thankful for, how patient, he is with even the worst sinners. So that others will realize that they too can have everlasting life. See, this idea of patience and long-suffering comes from God. This is a characteristic of God. He is super patient. When he sends, the, you know, you, you get an invitation um, and, uh, and, and it has an RSVP by date, right? And you're going to respond in, in some, uh, some time, and, and, and eventually 
people are like, I've not heard from them. They're not coming. You see, so many times, well, God will push and push and push and be patient. Paul says he was patient with me. Paul said, while I was out murdering Christians, God had every right in the world to strike me down. See, while you were out completely ignoring God, doing whatever you wanted, being completely selfish and self-absorbed, and, and while all these things and everything else mattered more than him to you, he was being patient. He was suffering long waiting like a parent for the child to come home. Romans 2.4 says, don't you realize how patient he is being with you? Because Paul just told the Romans, if you were here when we went through Romans, you know, chapter 1, he said, here's why the world needs God. Everybody's broken. Everybody's sinned against God. And that's talking about people who weren't part of the religion. And then he turns to the religious group in chapter 2. And he says, what are you so excited about? You're doing the same things they're doing, just behind closed doors and maybe just in your heart. But, but you need him as much as you. And then in verse 4 in chapter 2 of Romans, Paul said, don't you realize how patient he's been with you? In your doubt? In the way that fear is controlling your life right now? In the way that worry has overcome the faith walk that you had, that he is being patient with you? Or don't you care? Can't you see that he's been waiting all this time without punishing you to give you time to turn from your sin? We find the purpose of God's patience here in Romans 2 4. It says, His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. That you realize, man, he had so much mercy and grace. He waited. He didn't give me what I deserved. That puts a fire in me to turn away. Repentance means you turn away from sin. Like It's all in one swoop. You don't turn from sin, then have faith, then get saved. It is while you are professing your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in the same breath you say, man, I turn from all the selfishness. I'm turning away from that. I'm going to make my personal effort to follow you, but I'm going to trust you to persevere and push me through and give me the strength and and change my life to do that. happens in one thing, and that's why God is patient. With us, Romans 9.22 says, Does not God have a perfect right to show his fury and power against those who are fit only for destruction, those he has been patient with for all this time? One more verse, 1 Corinthians 6.3. We try to live in such a way that no one will ever be offended or kept back from finding the Lord by the way we act. So that no one can find fault with us and blame it on the Lord. In fact, in everything we do, we try to show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure suffering and hardship and trouble of every kind. This is Paul writing. We have been beaten, put in jail, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, stayed awake through sleepless nights of watching, and gone without food. We have proved ourselves to be what we claim by our wholesome lives and by our understanding of the gospel and by our patience. 
It doesn't break under pressure and hard work. It doesn't break under uh, disease or accident or old age, like the afflictions that set in on this body. It doesn't break during discouragement and disappointment. Even when people do us wrong, slander us, turn against us, and we're mm, want to be short-tempered. It doesn't break. So we got love, joy, peace, and patience. And it's actually a very, very good thing to have. Let's look at kindness. So we have joy, peace, patience, and kindness. Another fun Greek word, Christotes. Uh, you can look, Google it if you want to know how to spell it. It says it's useful and helpful, gentle and sweet, considerate and gracious through all situations, no matter the circumstances. Considerate, gracious, gentle, sweet is properly, uh, it's usable. Man, I like that kind of way of thinking about it. It's well fit uh, for use. The opposite of this would be hard, indifferent, harsh, unconcerned, too busy and bitter. There's, there's two things I want you to see about this from Scripture. One, that this is another character trait of God. You don't ever have to worry. You really don't have to worry that God in a rage will lose his temper on you. Okay? Now, does that mean he's going to wait on everybody and they're going to live forever until they No. He understands the right time and the good time. And, but his patience is not going to immediately wear thin. You can also understand that he is a kind God. He is full of kindness. Titus 3.3, Paul wrote, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Uh, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, aren't you glad when his kindness appeared in your life, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Because God's kindness showed up. So who should we be kind to? That's a question. That's a good question, right? Like, yeah, I'll be kind to people who are uh, kind to me. We should be kind to one another. Ephesians 4.31 says, stop being mean. That's pretty clear. Stop being mean, bad-tempered, and angry. I mean, this is Paul writing to the rough side of town? No, the church. This is Paul writing to the believers in Ephesus. The followers of Christ who are still in this war within, right? The flesh comes out every now and then. He just has to say sometimes, stop being mean. Don't be bad-tempered and angry. Stop the quarreling, the harsh words, and dislike of others should have no place in your lives. That's how he comes out and says That's pretty clear. So what do we do in place? Instead, be kind to each other in the church. We're meant to be kind, have maybe an extra heaping of grace and mercy and see that we are all broken people and we come from different places. 
and we have different backgrounds and traumas and things that we're dealing with, burdens we're carrying that we never share in this public corporate worship space. That every person in here, if I got you in a room by yourself, would say, here's the thing I never tell anybody. Every person in here has got that thing. And you have to understand when you're dealing with people that the Spirit gives you this gift to be kind when you feel like you shouldn't. So we should be kind to one another. That makes sense. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiving, forgiven you because you belong to Christ. Here's the tough one, though. Uh, so one another, we've got to be kind to one another. We've got to be kind to our enemies. What This is like, last week was so much fun. It was, like, it was like Christmas, basically. Love, joy, and peace. That's like Christmas. We did Christmas in July and New Beginnings. And then we come to this patience and long-suffering. Uh, and then we come kindness. Oh, yeah, that's good. I, I'm going to be kind to everybody who's kind to me. But not say that. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what good is that? The world does that. That's selfish. You were just loving somebody because they're good to you. You're just being good to somebody because they were good to you. Like, that makes sense. You repay that. That makes sense. He said, even sinners love those who love them. Like, what? That's, that doesn't take a gift of the Holy Spirit to do, a fruit of the Spirit to do. It said, if you do, those, do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those who... From you who expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. And then Jesus said, but love your enemies. There's that word, love. Do good to them. That's goodness we're going to talk about in a second. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Now, that can't be real. Jesus, that's that thing Jesus said but didn't mean. That's what he does. He says some things but doesn't really mean it. Like he's not going to go that far. Like I should lend without expecting to get anything back. Maybe to a friend. But wait, to an enemy? So I just give them stuff? Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. Because the Most High is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Like that's that's not what I learned about God. I learned he hated the ungrateful and wicked. I saw what he did in the Old Testament. And yet we have this little verse in John three sixteen. That said, for God so loved the world that he died so that he could give every person an invitation. That whosoever would believe on him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. If that's not kindness, I don't know what is. He lived it, and he did it for who? While we were sinners, 
Christ died for us. We find out that while we should have been his enemy, he befriended us. Now here's what's cool is that these, these fruit, this fruit of the Spirit, it comes into us. But the beautiful thing, what starts to change this world is when it comes out of us. So you can see this, this fruit is two different ways. You can be like, God gave you a basket, and he was kind to you, and he, he loved you, and he got joy over you, and he just has peace with you now that you've believed in him, and that he's patient with you, and that he's kind to you, and, and, and that he's good to you, and that all that is true. But when we are walking in the Spirit, we find that our life begins to reflect that, and those fruit, that fruit comes out. All right, and we begin to love those around us like, I know I shouldn't love you, but I do. I'm going to hug you. Like literally, just did it this week. Sean, the boxing gym, went over, spent about 20 minutes with him, sat down in the parking lot. He's living in the apartment underneath. I sat down, he was working on a bike that he had traded for. And uh, I sat and we talked like 20 minutes. I just want to understand, man, what's, what's going on? What happened? What's your story? What do you think about God? Broken mess, prison multiple times, addiction multiple times. Just sit. He's not setting his alarm and coming to church on Sunday morning. You know, that, that's the person. And so I sat there and talked 20 minutes, and uh, we're, we got to try to get the water turned on at the gym. New meter set, just kind of a, a mess of things. And, uh, and he's saying he wants to help. He said, I need a lawnmower. I'll mow the place. I'll help around here. He's like, I'll, I think the plumbing comes in. He's starting taking around, showing me the different places where he thinks the plumbing is coming in. Uh, and I'm getting ready to leave, and he doesn't have a shirt on. And, uh, and like, I'm like, I'm going to hug this guy. And he's, he's looking at me. He's like, I'm and he's like, I think I'm going to hug this guy. I could see it in his eyes. And then, like, Beth is sitting in the car, and we are rising and some of her friends with us. Uh, I'm, I'm not, the parents probably don't need to know. I took them there and had them sit in the car <laughs> while I was talking. And then, uh, man, he stands up and he just hugs me. And I'm hugging him. I'm like, I can't understand what he's been through what trauma he's had, the disease he now has of addiction that's rewired his brain. I don't understand God's grace and, and how he works and all that, but I know God has given me this fruit of the Spirit that I love Sean. Like, I don't know, I, I can't do anything but be kind to him. Because Sean's not doing anything for anybody. So if the only way he's going to get kindness and grace and mercy is to earn it, then he's not going to get it. And if he can only see it through our church, through not this building or our name, but through the people, he might say, God's not who I thought he was. God is not angry. He's actually kind. And he loves me. And actually, he's given me this invitation for freedom. Maybe I should rethink whether I accept it or not. So one another, our enemies, and then we have goodness. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this Greek word. It means being full of virtue and excellence, kindness and helpfulness, peace and consideration. It means he is good and does good. 
This is a person. If we're going to be full of goodness, that means we're, we're, we're good and we do good. It means we have a good heart. I love the story of David when God said, here's a man after my own heart. Good heart and good behavior. It's a quality person. It literally means to do good. And we're going to move into the application of these and wrap it up. But Psalm 34, 8, I want you to understand this truth that said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That means in God, there is absolutely no bad. I mean, that for me is just like, that means everything he is doing, he is working for the good of those who are called by his name, who, who believe in him, who are following him. That, that if this, this fruit of the Spirit is goodness, that is a trait, a character trait of God. That means God is good. He's patient, he's good, and he's kind. That's what Paul is saying. So let's think, how do we apply these uh, patience? Um, man, you're just going to be patient. That's really all. I, I know what to say is that, like, um, you need to be patient with the, the things that are going wrong, uh, patient uh, with the people who are wronging you, patient um, when the health report doesn't come back right. It means, yeah, in this season, you're going to have to suffer a little. And it's because Christ suffered for you. Is someone trying your patience? Try being God. Dealing with you. Dealing with me. I mean, I know there's times in my life, he's, I mean, if I was him, I'd be gone. Like, I've missed all the things he was doing all around me and started trying to do everything myself so many times. And I would have just been like, oh, my, what are you doing? James says these trials grow patience in us, too, that patience is not a fruit that immediately appears and you've got it all. Like through life and these tests and trials, it grows. Here's the beautiful thing, though. Here's what I want to tell you. Because you, you, you're, you've been patient in some trial, uh, something in your life, and, uh, and you've suffered long in it, but you really believe you're going to break. <laughs> you, re you really believe another day it can't go like this. But the beautiful thing about this Greek word is this, this, this spoken truth that you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you to persevere. You're not going to break. You, you are not going to break. You notice all these work together too, love, joy, peace, and the patience. I'm telling you, walk in the Spirit and you will persevere. Walk in the Spirit and you will persevere. Kindness. 
uh, I don't know, think about somebody in your life um, that's been patient to you, that's been kind to you, and it made a difference. Make that list. Make it, think about the things that someone has given you something when you just didn't deserve it and they were out of the blue kind to you. And, and maybe think about this week. Who can you be kind to that you've not been kind to? That you don't want to be kind. Make it a list of the people you hate. You're like, we don't hate people, we're Christians. And liars. Make it the people, the, the list of the people, and just be kind. I'm not saying there are boundaries set up that you don't have to be run over by people. And there are times people are abusive. This is different. Those are different. <laughs> but just in general, if there's someone that just rubs you the wrong way that you generally try to stay away from, just be kind to them. Uh, maybe with a gift. And, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, that old saying, the thought, it's the thought that counts, it really does. Like just a Facebook message that you were thinking of somebody, just a text, just a something, just a stop by and, and whatever uh, can make a difference. Goodness. Here's what I love is because you all are the church and God is sending you out every week into the world, into all kinds of different places. Some of you into retirement for the week. Some of you into the school, some of you into the hospital, some of you into business, some into you into insurance, some into you, some of you into trades and the construction site, some some of you into into school as a student, some as a teacher, some at the university. I mean, you all are all over the place. And here's what, here's what happens when goodness uh, come into, comes into the marketplace. When you come into that place, into the workplace, and you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you do good things. The, the, the office becomes different because you are there. And, and sometimes these things are standing up for injustice. So, some, of these, some of these times these good things are talking to the person that nobody else talks to, and they find out somebody does care. All I know is that when the fruit of the Spirit comes out in goodness in your place of work, it makes a difference. Y'all heard the term, they were such a good Christian. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? I can't decide whether I like that or not. Because <laughs> it, it kind of makes me feel like Like, they were a good Christian because they, they just chose to be and they tried to be. And don't get me wrong, there's personal effort in this. I mean, it, 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 it's pretty clear when Paul has to say, stop being mean. <laughs> All right, like, there's, there's personal effort in this. But what I want to understand from the fruit of the Spirit, that these, this level of goodness only comes from the power of the Spirit. So I'm, I'm not saying it has the, right, the same ring to it, but really the thought and heart should be, is God changed that person's life? Does that make sense? Like the, the, the good that came out of them is because of the power of the Spirit. He, he or she could have never done that. That is evidence of the power of God and how he can take somebody that was one way and now they're another, and the only thing that happened in between was Jesus as we get ready to close, and uh, we're going to sing 
goodness of God one more time. Um, I just want you to see that we find these things uh, on the cross. You, you find God's patience. You find Jesus living it out, saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. In those one words, you find kindness. You find virtue and his goodness to say, not my will, but the Father's. The truth is this morning, you've been called, I've been called. If you found these things in your life, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're struggling with these things, it just is a, it is a reflection on your internal walk and where, where your heart is. And I, I want to invite you this morning, the invitation that God himself gave in John 3.16 for whosoever. If you would just believe in him, to put your, your trust in him. I'm inviting you this morning, if you've, been a, if, you're a, if you've been a longtime believer and follower of Christ, God, unleash these fruit in my life. Yeah, the, the beautiful thing is, like, you don't get a couple and they get a couple. This is the spirit. It's taking up residence inside of you. And you get all nine. You get them all. Hey, this is God. This is who he is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. And this morning, all I'm asking is for you to invite him in and give it all to him and say, God, this morning, just pray this prayer. Let's just pray together. God, we just come as a church right now as we get ready to sing about this truth that you are good, that we have tasted and seen in our lives that you are good, that we have found refuge in your name, that in you, Lord, my God, we will put our trust God, and I put my hope in you all the day long. God, we just pray you'd help us to be there and present, that we would just follow the, the lead, the God of your Spirit, that we would walk by the Spirit in victory that the Spirit has, that you have over death and hell, and you've given us and invited us into your kingdom and into your family, just like a father, and you've spoke to us, and you said, well, who told us to be afraid of anything? God, when we are your children, God, I just pray that this church, these people here, the people listening online, God, that your fruit would flourish. God, that this town would be overcome with kindness and goodness and love and patience. God, that we'd find joy and peace regardless of circumstances so that more might be saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.